WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. Can we review our status here, Cy? Let's look at this thing from a, uh, from a uh, standpoint of status. Can't go backwards. Can't go forward. What am I going to do? Hey, what happened? You have nothing better to do at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Lisa, if you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way. This is a great day. A really great day. All across CNY, it's the 315 with Brian Higgins. Halfway home, here's what's happened so far. All right, what have we done so far? We talked about the game last night. Biggest win of the orange season so far, taking out NC State in the Dome, 75-72. Talked about the Judamints. The precocious freshman was uh, the best player on the court at the biggest moments last night. And then we talked to Drew Carter. He was in the ACC Network studios for the halftime coverage uh, last night. Always good to chat with Drew about all things ACC. And as it turns out, uh, the laundry he has to do after a uh, gym bag disaster that befell him right before the start of our interview. Shout out to Drew and his uh, future uh, laundry endeavors here this afternoon. But we'll talk a little uh, lax now. We'll go elsewhere in the ESPN family as uh, we bring on uh, Quint Kesnuck, uh, their lead analyst for all things uh, lacrosse. Uh, Quint, welcome in. Always good to chat with you this, this time of year as we, we get into the meat of the lacrosse season. Higgins, good to hear from you. Today was uh, not a laundry day here. It's actually sunny and in the 60s, so I was out uh, taking the rocks out of my garden. Okay, gardening already. Yeah, Quint, you're not going to believe this. This is going to blow your mind sitting here in Syracuse on February 15th. It is 68 degrees outside right now. Yeah, yeah, something else, man. This global warming stuff's great for lacrosse. Uh, yeah, and you got to, you got to see uh, Hopkins in Carolina last night. We'll get into that. Uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, bad news from the lacrosse world. I just saw uh, a flash across Edward Lee, the great reporter for the Baltimore Sun, reporting uh, that Logan McNaney, uh, Maryland's goalie in Syracuse, plays Maryland this week and tore his ACL um, on Saturday. Is going to be out for the season. That's uh, Man, that, that is brutal for Maryland to have that happen at, at this stage here of the year. Yeah, it is. You know, it, it was a little interesting. Uh, in the Richmond game, I, I sent a picture of McNaney. He was wearing sweats, and, and it looked like he was wearing a thigh pad. So I sent it to this old goalie friend I have who lives down in Florida. I'm like, Maryland goalie's now wearing thigh pads. Well, a week later, I'm hearing that he's got a knee issue, and I look back at it, I'm like, that wasn't a thigh pad. That was a brace. Mm. So he had some kind of existing condition going on. And the way he played against Loyola, I, I got to think that it was that it was bothering him. Uh, that was a really subpar game by his standards. Uh He's been amazing. He's been so consistent over the last two years. I mean, he gave up more bad goals against Loyola than I've seen him give up in two years combined. So it was an out-of-body experience. And then late in the game, running over to the sideline, it looked like he he, uh, twisted his knee and had to be carried off the field at the end of the game. So uh, we knew something was coming. We didn't know how it was severe. Uh, And now Teddy Dolan, who's their their apparent backup, will – step into action this weekend. Yeah, McNaney, you know, we saw firsthand at the Dome last year how, how good he was, and it just he kept that up all season last year en route to the championship, so we'll see how Maryland, uh, you know, Maryland's as deep and as talented every year as any team in the country, but that is a, that is a tough loss to lose an All-American at that position uh, at this stage of the year, at any stage of the year, this stage of the year. And it, it will be Cuse and Maryland here this weekend, uh, Quint, so uh, not that uh, Syracuse, I guess, is in position to take advantage of that 
uh, potentially. What are you making a QC here early in the season? I don't know really what we know yet, but uh, it's a very different look here early on in Gary Gate year two than what we saw last year. Well, I've seen clips, and I'm generally positive uh, about what I've seen. Uh, I, I, you know, the Vermont win turns out to have uh, a little more value than we thought as, as Vermont went up to BU and, and got a W there. The next two, you know, Albany gave them a little bit of a fight, and obviously the, the Holy Cross game is, is the Holy Cross game. But generally speaking, the passing on offense has been very good. Uh, a lot of assisted goals, their extra man is on fire. And the attack looks looks like it's going to work really well with Spelina and Hiltz. I worry long term about the lack of midfield Dodgers, uh, but this offense is kind of orchestrated now, where it's more motion, a lot of picks, a lot of two man games, and so they're going to try to get out of the the dodging business. You know, the old school '80s lacrosse where you, where Todd Curry would would sweep across the top, or Charlie Lockwood would 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 blow by a guy. You're not going to see those type of goals this year from Syracuse. So yeah. offensively. I, I, I like their offense. I think they've really improved their defensive midfield. Uh-huh. And then down low with Kakamo and Cole and Dwan coming in and Cleary, I, I just think their structure looks more sound this year. I, th- I think Coach Petromala has backed off in terms of the, um, the robustness of his defensive playbook, so to speak. And I think they're just doing simple and doing it better. And then Will Marks, really the MVP. I mean, teams are shooting 16% against the Orange. Uh-huh. That's, that's an unbelievable number. He's at 70% right now. And you know, uh, I haven't seen a goalie across the, the the country yet watching clips who's as hot as he is. No, he's been outstanding. He's a big dude. He he's six three. Kind of sprawls around. He's got big dude, but he moves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, how much time does he spend on the carpet? Like the, the, that flopping style is unusual. I don't see it much at the pro level, and, and typically, but for a big guy, he gets away with it because he can actually go down to a knee, and he's still like my height. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Like so, and I like his wide base also, and so he makes the goal look really small for shooters. Yeah, and from all accounts, and you know this, Quint, from that position, like from all accounts, you know, talking to everybody that you know is involved in it, like his communication uh, level is uh, high volume and, and loud out there. And, and you know, you know how that is with with goalies, Q. Like saving the ball is one thing. Like in many ways, the the organizing the guys in front of you is as important as anything you do out there. It's it's a save you don't have to make. I mean, I, I tell I tell young kids that all the time, and when stuff happens, especially in transition or man down, or you know, it's it's reading your own defenders and being able to alert others when when the defense is is vulnerable, and it's it's getting defensive player movement before it happens, anticipation, seeing matchups, and saying, oh shit, Higgins is going to run by this guy. We can can really really uh, help you not make as many saves as you normally would have to, you know, quiet goalies get smoked uh, goalies that that are talkative and, and lead their defense. Um, that that's a huge trait. Quick Kestnick is our guest here. And, you know, speaking of uh, talkative goalies, uh, the, the orange best ever at that was probably John Galloway. And he just came off his uh, biggest win as a head coach. It feels like uh, this last week going into Durham and uh, knocking off, uh, Duke, what, what can you say about the job our guy Galloway is doing down there at Jacksonville? I mean, he took a program that, you know, it's, on the outreaches there, it feels like he's turned it into something here the last few years. That game really surprised me. Uh, I've got Duke on Friday against Denver on ESPNU, 4 o'clock game, and so I plugged it in yesterday. The footage is not great. It's crappy footage from Jacksonville. Duke storms out, and it looks like they're going to just, just run him out of, out of dodge. Mm-hmm. And coming off a Jacksonville win last year, that wouldn't have surprised me. But here comes Jacksonville. And if you look at the scoring – they got guys I've never heard of on their second midfield and sub players, role players coming in late in that game and becoming stars. They scored eight goals from bench players. 
these, these are guys you probably wouldn't might, might not even have on your two deep when the game started. So I think the usage of the portal, I think coming off that loss to Hopkins, maybe he realized he's got to play more people, give, give more guys a shot. And they caught fire uh, and, and playing with, with an emotion and a, and a ferocity and, uh, and, and pulled it off again, which, which honestly really shocked me because I thought Duke had circled that game. And after getting off to a good start with O'Neill and company, I, I thought Duke would, would, would control the, you know, finish it out and control it. So that was a shocker to me. But John Galway is, is one of the best young coaches uh, in the country, without a doubt. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we obviously we like John up here and have uh, you know, followed what he's been up to for a very long time. So uh, cool to see him get a win like that. Not so great, Quint, for the ACC to have that. It, it was a weird year last year, right, for the ACC. Didn't quite have the non-conference you know, quality that they, they normally have. What, what, what do you think the ACC is this year? I mean, Virginia looks like they uh, they should be great. Notre Dame seems to have all the pieces. You know, Carolina's had a couple of nice wins uh, so far. We'll see what Syracuse does. What what are you making of the ACC right now? Well, I mean, the, the three leagues that matter, ACC, Ivy, and Big Ten. And, and, and this weekend and next, we've got a lot of crossover games. You know, last night's Carolina win over Hopkins is an important win. USC, uh, Ohio State plays Carolina on Sunday. That's a big game. Obviously, Maryland-Syracuse. So anytime an Ivy, a Big Ten, or an ACC crosses over, those games are like work double in terms of mm-hmm. strength of schedule, quality wins, and RPI. In terms of the ACC, I think there's Virginia. I think there's Notre Dame. Uh, jury's still out on Duke. Again, I'll, I'll get to see them on, on, on Friday. I like their attack. I think they're a little soft in the middle of the field. And defensively, I was I was – Kind of shocked to see Jacksonville, you know, scoring at ease late in that game. Cuse has got upside. Not sure where they stand. Uh, Carolina, Carolina's playing a ton of guys last night, and they they, they have a w- really weird roster. Higgy, they they got all these talented sophomores who are seeing playing time for the first time, and they got like a half dozen transfers. So they kind of lack chemistry and they lack seasoning. But I think they got a lot of upside. Carolina, I think that's a team that'll get continue to get better and better and better. Uh, Notre Dame debuts today against Marquette. So, jury's still out. You know, we're still trying to figure things out. Until, until you see teams, until you see them put two or three games back together, I think it's it's foolish to make judgments. Yeah, Carolina at Ohio State this week. You talk about one of those games that, you know, regardless of how it ends, that's going to reverberate uh, uh, down the line when we get to selection. And then, you know, Notre Dame last year, they were uh, by the polls, us silly voters, they were top five in the country at the end of the year, but by the numbers, they missed out on the tournament. Like, how, if you're Notre Dame, do you respond to, to something like that last year? Where, like, you had the group, you knew they were good, but you, you didn't get a chance down the stretch. Well, I mean, Duke and Notre Dame and Carolina, they just lost too many games in, in February and March last year. If yeah. you're Notre Dame, the key loss was at Ohio State. They gave up, I think, five extra man goals in that game. The officiating was questionable. I watched the tape of it. And, but at the end of the day, Ohio State gets in, Notre Dame doesn't get in. And, uh, the one thing that stands out in NCAA tournament selection is like the last five games or last 10 games, that's not a criteria. So a loss on February 1st is the same as a loss on, on May 1st. Mm-hmm. And, and I think uh, I, I, I don't like that. As you know, in basketball, I think teams that are trending in the right direction deserve uh, the edge over teams maybe whose quality wins were before Christmas. And, and I wish that that criteria was applied in lacrosse. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about that many times over the years, Quinn. We've, heck, we've spent a bunch of the show today talking about that in hoops. All the November games have completely skewed everything this year. It's the same in lacrosse. It's the February games. Yeah, and do they really? Exactly. Like, at the end of the day, like I'm talking about scrimmages. And, and then later on in the season, we'll say, well, back in February, teams changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. Teams changed dramatically, personnel-wise, scheme-wise, confidence-wise. And, and so I think we put 
a, a lot of stock. You know, the fact that you know beating Carol, uh, Carolina beating Hopkins week two is equivalent to someone beating them in week ten. I, you know, I just don't see it. I, I think we do need to take in uh, recency as a criteria. Uh, yeah, I uh, I agree completely. And you know, la- last year, uh, you know, last year we didn't know. We had no idea what the Ivy League was going to be last year. We hadn't seen them in years at that point last year. But then they got those wins early in the season. They kept it up uh, the rest of the way, and they got basically the whole darn league in the tournament. And then they they made it work and got Cornell uh, to the title game. Well, what do you think the Ivy is this year? Cornell's bringing back a lot. Kirst is dynamic. Like, is the Big Red? Are, are they ready to make that run again here out of Central New York? I mean, the, the league should be as good. Uh, you think about Cornell returns basically the same team. Yale should be better than they were a year ago. Princeton returns a big senior class, a, a lot of high-end players. Harvard was all freshmen last year. Uh, I can't see them re- regressing. Uh, Brown is Brown. You know, statically they're very different the way they run and, and put pressure on people with, with their rides. So I think this is going to be a fascinating year in the Ivy League. And I think they're, again, active players. Uh, Penn plays Georgetown this weekend. Get a look at Sam Handley on the Quakers. And, and uh, again, as a, you know, ACC, Big Ten, Ivy, that, that's where everything starts for me. Yeah, and then, you know, the, the one team out of that, you mentioned Georgetown, and they've, they've had a kind of a weird start to the year. Our guy Tucker Dordovic is uh, down there. We'll leave you with that quick. What, what do you think Georgetown is? Like, they, they feels like they are the team that's just been knocking on the door here the last few years. They got all these transfers in. Like, do you think they got the pieces to put it all together this year? They do, but that was a bad loss at Hopkins to open up the season. And now their schedule gets tougher. They got to play Penn. They still have to play Princeton. Uh, they, the, the good news for them is they have quality games still on the docket before the Big East. And, and the Big East had a bad opening weekend. The Big East went one and five. So I, I don't see anyone in their league challenging them. Mm-hmm. I don't think Nova or Denver are even remotely in the same stratosphere as Georgetown right now. So it's imperative that Georgetown uh, fixes their offense. Dordovic looked good. Graham Bundy looked good. There just wasn't the level of passing and ball rotation you need to see. And their defense wasn't its usual self. You know, usually they're airtight, uh, inside-out type defense. They deny the paint. And against Hopkins, uh, the Blue Jays got to the crease too many times. Yeah, strange to see when you got uh, that defense. We'll ball on the whole thing. But uh, uh, it's hard for us to root for Georgetown up here, um, Quint. But we'll root for Tucker when, when we get the chance. He, he put in his time up here that, that he's earned it. Uh, all right, Quint, uh, good stuff. Always good to chat. I'm sure we'll catch up again down the line. But uh, fun to say it's uh, lax season off and running. We'll, we'll let you get back out in the, the yard and get your yard work done this afternoon. Higgins, great to hear from you. Be well. Go go easy on the sunscreen today up there. Uh, yeah, you know, we're probably all going to get burnt on this one, but uh, we'll take it. <laughs> all right, Quint, good to hear from you, man. We'll talk again soon. Take care. That is uh, Quint Kesnick uh, down there in the greater Baltimore area talking lacrosse with Quint. Even though it's February 15th, you, you talk with Quint, in some ways that means it's spring because it is uh, lacrosse season. It still shouldn't start till later. Don't get me started on that. That's a that's a rant for another day. But Houston, Maryland, upcoming on uh, Saturday at 1 o'clock in College Park. Looking forward to that one. Cuse and Maryland, and a uh, tough break for Maryland, losing their All-American goalie in uh, Logan McNaney, uh, tearing an ACL sometime. Sometime, I'm not sure if it was one thing or, as Quint said, uh, uh, a series of things that led to it, but uh, really good player, and that's going to be a big loss for Maryland, one would figure, in that game. And first game going to the backup will be when Syracuse heads down there on Saturday at 1, a game you can hear over on TK99. With that, we'll take a break. Much more to come after this at SQSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.